You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of ADD Space. I'm your host, Aaron Rand Freeman, but with me, the actual host, the owner-proprietor, the CFO, the CEO, social media maven, head therapist, travels are, lead designer, cat wrangler, and field custodian. At least bacon, what bacon, the, huh? What the fuck is a field custodian? I heard somebody say that when they were talking about um how characters in like beat em ups are field custodians taking out the trash <laughs> and i kind of took and i kind of like that like you're just out in front of the building fucking people up because you don't like the way they're loitering and shit so i was like a field custodian is a really good way to put like the streets of rage people or the double dragon folks or the ninja turtles whooping everybody's ass left to right and i'm like i think i mean i feel like you throwing someone out from in front of our fictional UNF office buildings like Uncle Phil is not out of the question. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I do believe that I'm the official hands of Unreasonable right. Friday. Field custodian. Not actually not, so, not in the office custodian. Field custodian. Because you take out the trash. Out in front of the, the trash. The trash. The trash. The trash. Also with us. Um, Jailery. Hey, Talk I'm live you. again. Congratulations on living. Let's go. Let's, baby. Go. Let's go, baby. I wouldn't go that far. In insert applause sound effect right here for when Aaron does the recording. Beep. Or if you want to make it specific to me, I request ass clapping. Is there a sound effect for ass clap? Well, I I mean now well now you guys have to, well, now you guys have to talk amongst yourself while I search up ass clapping <laughs> sound effect. I mean I'm, there, there's plenty of videos online. Somebody must have taken the audio. I mean, I mean ass like like I do know that like all them audio like erotic audios are not actually using actual like sex sounds. They're just hold please sound effects. I feel, uh, at the very least, there should be some like vintage twerk team ass clapping recordings floating around the internet. All right, we're gonna keep looking, but we did find one. Please continue. <laughs> Not vintage. Yes, I mean, yeah. twerk team is vintage. I was talking to someone else about booty talk and the <laughs> the, the pristine the pristine pedigree, the cinematic yeah. value. Of booty talk one to one hundred, the booty talk universe. I feel like it peaked in booty <laughs> the cinematic talk booty talk universe. Let's go. <laughs> what did you say, Michelle? I felt it peaked at booty talk nineteen. Uh, it did, but there is some value in them getting to a nice round one hundred. The back I've... end of it was not as strong as the front end of it, but they needed to get to one hundred. Are and... these puns intentional? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I just wanted to know because they were very well placed. Listen. I, but you a, also just speak in ass, so like I don't know. Well, I'm a classically trained aesthetician, yes. And part right. of it is communicating ass passively. 
so that you can achieve maximum clarity. I just, you know, I just wanted to make sure. I appreciate it. Is, is that why your favorite series is Booty Talk, the communication of ass? Um, there is value in Booty Talk. I could ha- I could host a 30-minute TED Talk about the intrinsic cultural value of Booty Talk, but that was not that was not pristine porn filmmaking. That was not top-end porn filmmaking. It's just it was just consistent kind of like um supernatural or you know what I mean? Like it's like on a lot, but it was not the top of the genre, but it has value in having been on for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Though not for nothing, I do feel like it actually did have a lot of cultural value because there was not a lot of actual, like, black content that wasn't, like, quote-unquote ebony content or interracial content. It was actual, like, black content that was made from a a studio that actually had black people behind the scenes. So, unfortunately, I I, I imagine many, many a black porn actor got their start uh, black porn mm-hmm. black porn originally had I think it actually had framed my understanding of sexual relationships because there were so few black porn stars that it was like the same 18 niggas fucking each other in different in the same five hotel rooms for like five years and Not I was the same like, five hotel rooms same five hotel rooms and the same 18 niggas in different combinations of each other fucking each I, other I, there was also at least two houses fair i mean we built them it wasn't houses to start it was hotel rooms to start and then we started to get the houses and then one of them was like one of the porn star dudes straight up his house i forgot his name i forgot his name it's a little guy and it's straight up his apartment a nice apartment but it's straight up his apartment (laughs) so um but yeah and that has that now i have just that has i think that has quietly formed my concept of co- of communal spaces and communal sexuality. I'm like, well, that seems to be a pretty safe, varied circle of sexual activity. Just the same 12 niggas swapping each other out as needed. And I'm like, okay, I can see this. I realize that now at 40. because Yeah. I, I think if you were an impressionable youth watching that, it would have given you a very false sense of how much twerking happens in closets. <laughs> Real world, not a lot. Booty talk, like all the time. Yes. In, I'm sorry, in closets? Yeah. Yes. Because you see, they didn't have a lot of room, right? Yeah. So, like, they, they would start off with the girl twerking. Yeah. And then she would, like, sexually made her way to the bedroom. But it's like a hotel room. Right. <laughs> so, all they had was, like, the, a closet or a bathroom. And. Right. My favorite you can't ones, really make twerking around a toilet that sexy, so you go with closet. My favorite ones are the ones where they have like the woman getting ready to do the porn, and the dude just starts foreplaying and harassing her while she's getting ready in like the bathroom of the of the venue. And I'm like, that makes sense. That's rooted in reality because I like that one. That's my favorite opening to classic black VHS porn right there. But yeah, this is a show it's, about it's video games, nerd culture. <laughs> we talk about booty talk for 10 minutes i mean I it's mean, culturally it's relevant it is important booty talk is important booty talk was important for black culture and this is a black cultural media show yeah yes 
where we talk about video games, nerd shit, porn counts as nerd shit, and it all does. the nerds be watching booty talk. Oh no, bro! Listen, I'm I'm here for it because yeah. I'm of the age now where like sometimes I'll be perusing porn and some of those girls look so young. I'm like ah, yeah. <laughs> ah, shit, ah, no. Ah. Oh, did you hear? Uh, I know I'm I'm getting a little cunt casty, but did you hear the latest um, porn goss? No, Not at all. tell us the porn goss. Alexis Texas shot with a black man. Oh, I say yeah. as my mother walks into the room and immediately walks out. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> She's gone. She's gone. But yeah, uh, Alexis Texas did an interracial scene, which is not her. That's not her jam. Uh, well, it was not her fans jam for such a long time that uh, everybody assumed it was going to happen. Uh, and it apparently has. So. Oh, so we've officially reached a post-racial society off the back of Alexis, Texas. Uh, I think probably actually on Alexis, the, on the back Texas be on the back finally reached the point where she's like, hey, I, I got to pay my mortgage. So it's got to be that. And I got to start getting weird with it. So I mean, you have to start getting into that that black dot com audience. You gotta go in there, get everybody. Pretty much. You gotta do that. So, I mean, you gotta diversify. Actually, I don't want to get it. Like, I'm, 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 yeah, I get it. Anyway, pay yeah. for your, pay for your porn and your sex workers. Thanks, guys. I'm not even gonna go down. I'm like, because it, it sparked in my head. I mean, I always hear guys always talking about how much they don't want to, they don't pay for this stuff, but it's like they do and everyone should and but i'm not going to we're not i always thought that was really weird because it's like you'll pay ea to make the same game every year um that's a buggy mess but like you won't pay somebody to give you like one of a kind content right i've always i've especially like i'm just like listen if you're paying for call of duty you need to pay for porn i'm sorry i don't i don't i have i've always argued i don't see the difference actually i think porn has more value per percent than call of that, duty that that that's the argument yeah. i'm making actually yes i don't because there is literally the argument i'm making there is no way you, you know what never paid for porn and then found in the patch notes that it it's not functional never that never happened mm. they've never had to to patch in a cream pie that I was promised at lunch. So. <laughs> so you're saying porn as a whole product is infinitely more reliable than any electronic item, any game you can possibly buy. Just true. And even if it's not, you're still going to get a wildly more enjoyable experience out of that product than you would out of whatever's missing in the game. Just true. I feel like paying for somebody's OnlyFans to produce the kind of content that I want to see will be uh, supporting way less um, uh, horrible work environments yes. than paying for an Activision game. Yes. Yes, I, I and I, I yes, um, that's just I agree with you. Yeah. Because you can't say, oh, I don't pay for porn because I don't support exploitation. Uh, but then you're adding money to Bobby Kotick. So right. what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Guys, pay for your porn. 
It's a be more, consistent. It's it, a more like, it's a more cultural value than most things you pay for. <laughs> Just is. So, oh. we're gonna say bacon. Or you know what? Find a favorite and subscribe to their Patreon, like or well, whatever. And I, well, I thought that's what we are like. When paying for porn can be like fourteen different things. Just pay for it. Like sometimes you can pay for just, like individual clips, just individual give us pictures. Sex worker money. Yeah, pay yeah. for it. pay for the product. Just pay for it. I always thought it's better now because you're not because you can actually get things. You like you were saying, you can get custom content. Porn has more value now because you can talk to someone and ask and get. So like that's not something I couldn't ask Janet Jack me shit fifteen years ago. Probably still can't. I know where she is. So you know it's. Now you can, and that's actually kind of cool. It's like I understand, like I said, men spend a lot of energy trying to downplay this stuff while, you know, wasting time. But it's actually pretty cool. Yeah. So. And I also think, uh, if if you look at all the real people's real bodies instead of um, what is served to you as optimal bodies in mainstream entertainment. You probably will come off uh, with a better sense of self and higher self-esteem. Mm. So we're saying that's the that's the lesson for today's show. We found it in record time is that paying for porn <laughs> has more cultural, spiritual value than paying for video games in most instances. All right. Yeah. Well, now on to the video. Games. On to the video games. <laughs> <laughs> So. you've come with some recommendations stuff that i have actually not heard of and i'm give us your recommendations aaron so um well i was just they put they finally a thirsty suitors is finally out and i didn't want to say anything because it was a demo that had come out like 18 months ago and it's kind of like it's kind of, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like Yakuza, where you're doing a bunch of things. But um, for the effectively, it's, um, somebody said it's queer South Asian Yakuza. And yes, and it is every bit of that. And it's on Game Pass. And even if it wasn't, like, I remember I was playing and I was like, I think Bacon would like this. And I know Nichela would like this. 100%. Um... I like how it's a, I think bacon. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, it's a percentage. It's a percentage. It's like, you know, it's like, I say bacon is like, at, I say you were like at 84, right? Just playing. And I was like, we're in at 84 out of 100 for bacon. But like Jello, we're at like 99 out of 100. Like, this is like a thing I could. Yeah. It was compared to Sayonara Wild Hearts, which is a game I love, even though I'm very bad at it, but I still love it. Especially the soundtrack. Uh, if anybody could find that on vinyl for me, I will love you forever. But yeah, it it really looks. I love the idea of having an auntie be summoned in a mind palace fight. So yeah, you're like um, you're interacting with several people, ex friends, ex lovers, and like from all ranges. Like the very like the tutorial character, the tutorial boss you fight is like someone is your boyfriend from third grade who never got over you. So in his head, he hasn't spoken to you in a decade because you like left your small town and came back like several years later. And he has not gotten over you, but he has been planning on winning you back, running fantasies in his head as men do when they are left to their own devices. So he shows up and he's like this, he's like this muscle monster, kind of like Dudley from Street Fighter, except, <laughs> um, you know, still mentally 12, but 
you know, like Dudley from Street Fighter, ready to win you back. And uh, with his muscles and his fashion and his hair and his chest hair that he has now because he's older. And, um, yeah, and then you go inside of his mind and he is um, even more insufferable. And usually they may, as a comment where someone says, um, if you want to... Um, knock a South Asian man down a peg, you just have his mom say a sentence to him. But then we were like, we don't have access to his mother in his mind space. And then the character was like, Jala, she was like, well, I have access to mine. And then you summon your own mother. And she hits him with a... She hits him I with do, a... I do love that. Yeah, so that's... I, a, I, mm? I kind of love that uh, adversarial dating. Yes. Because <laughs> that, is, that is how I, I see yes. dating. Yes, that is my. That is why I said I was like, this is a ninety-nine out of one hundred from Najela because I. Yeah. This is this is these are the stories that you've been telling me for as long as I've known you, except without summons. So, this is the interactions you've been having on Twitter again, again without summoning. A giant oh, South, 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 South That's Asian pretty much world. just uh, ten minutes on Hinge. <laughs> my God. Hinge. Speaking of, so I, I was on this show which I thoroughly enjoyed. Thought it was a great episode. Uh, dude I was talking to, so I'm about pretty this. sure he heard the episode and he hasn't talked to me since. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you direct him towards the episode? Well, I, I did tell him, oh, I recorded a podcast this afternoon. I had such a good time and we were talking about it. He was like, oh, well, tell me when it's up. And he like, like he found everything about me, like digitally. Because I was like, you know, I'm not like a phone person, but you can find me on Discord. And I gave him my Discord. My Discord has all my socials on it. So he found like everything about me. So I'm pretty yeah, sure. Like, once you have all your stuff tethered, like it's not hard. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, yeah, I have the same thing. I'm, people are like, where can I find your stuff? And I'm like, look anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little hesitant. I was like, oh, let me listen to this. And then. <laughs> <laughs> then I realized, like, oh, I, <laughs> the first thing we talk about is not wanting to date white people. And he was like a 55 year old white man. <laughs> and it was very specific in what we were saying because you didn't want somebody doing a ukulele cover of like a soul classic because that is horrifying. So I feel like it wasn't like maybe he focused too much on like the, the whiteness of that. But. <laughs> Like yeah, he he was. Um, I mean, you understand though, like that white folks ain't trying to hear that because I mean, one thing. Well, let me go on, please. Oh, uh, I was just gonna say, like, if he can't handle me at making fun of Fallout Boy, <laughs> was it the one for me? Because I'm so much worse. I mean, so. it, it's one of those things is when you talk about one of the problems, and I think one of the problems that white folks have in interacting with black folks is their characterizations of us are woefully off happened for decades but when we say something about a white person it's always spot on center mass and they screech they are the loudest hit dogs in the yard and it's just an, and you can tell that it just it they it it doesn't sit well with them that just random any group of random negroes can call out your white ass from millions of miles away sight unseen <laughs> and it's just like sorry yeah, Sorry. and I felt like, oh, should I text him? Because it was like, do I just let him gracefully ghost me as, as is his plan? But I also mm -hmm. always feel like, did he just like have a heart attack and die? 
Uh, but then I'm like, okay, if he had, did have a heart attack and die, like if I had sent him the text, like, hey, are you ghosting me or are you dead? Like, either way, I'm not getting an answer. So I just decided, eh. You know what my favorite thing is? Is what if he listens to this episode? Um, and then the embarrassment sets in because it's got it right regardless of if it's his intention or not it, it that embarrassment will set in and i think that's funny that's what you get for not texting in a bitch back mm. i mean <laughs> like i'm not i'm not like super broken up about the loss of this prospect is all i'm saying <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> All I'm saying is that, that it was like we had some tame conversation. If they can't handle you at your most ADHD, then what good are they? I mean, you really did. You just talked a little bit about um band about some some band lore and Mortal Kombat for an hour and a half. Like you didn't go. We weren't really in the deep end. Yeah. So I'm wondering what was it? Was it the 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 band stuff, or was it? Oh God, why does she know so much about Mortal Kombat? Because I wasn't even at my worst. Why don't they Kombat? know so much about Mortal Kombat? Right. That's my question. Right. And he, both of these things should draw you in. <laughs> if they do not, then you are a coward. They should draw yeah. you in. I can also learn. I can learn more about Mortal Kombat from this person. Oh, exactly. Oh. If you can't handle me at my, I used to write Mortal Kombat fan fiction. You don't deserve me at, well, whatever my best is. <laughs> Which I am trying at. I feel like that is up there on your best. Though. Yeah. I see nothing wrong with Mortal Kombat fan fiction. It's quite delightful to find out. It was it was quite delightful to find out that you really used to write Mortal there Kombat is, fan there fiction. Is, and I maintain there is no way it is worse than the Mortal Kombat fiction in general. There is just no way that it is worse. It's not possible. Well, if it was like Mpreg Mortal Kombat fan fiction, that would, I would be worse. Die laughing. Still <laughs> Which, not worse, but would die. I'm gonna laughing. open like an internet tomb, but for the girls who get it, remember Y Gallery and how popular Mortal Kombat used to be on Y Gallery? Oh my god. <laughs> no, you know. Jayla, why? I got kicked off of Y Gallery. Najela, <laughs> how do you? You know what? Never mind. What other recommendations do you have, Aaron? <laughs> um. Oh shoot. I do have some. Hold on. Wait. No, I don't. I just been playing Alan Wake for um a week, and it is my game of the year. I do. You think it was worth the thirteen year wait? Easily. Easily. It might be the best survival horror game I've ever played, but I got to get to the end of it. Um, it's definitely the most, um, it has, it's the most comfortable with itself um, I've ever played. So it's, um, it, what makes it scarier is that there are moments of extreme Finnish humor stretched out. To the point where, like, you'll be dealing with, like, the shadow murder people from Alan Wake. But then as you understand who they are, it seems as though they're just a bunch of drunken Finnish guys in the Pacific Northwest. Except when they're Satan's favorite favorite football team. And the disparity between both of those things means there are times where your guard goes all the way down. Like, between all the lore and all the goofiness, your 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 guard goes all the way down. 
And then all of a sudden you're in the woods, in the rain, in the dark, and there's like a well and 50 fucking demons are coming out of it and running at you and you're just like, oh shit, oh shit. And the ability for it to do that um, is really, across the entire game is really good. Also, it, um, it nails bad writing so well that I can, I've seen some reviews of it where the actual writers of the review are offended because they write like Alan Wake and they don't like a whole game that is like, like you understand like when you're reading bad writing from someone who is trying to do something good, you stumble upon a good line, a good story beat, a good character. Alan Wake is consistently the worst, the, the corniest white male writer possible. Straight line for line, everything he says, whole time. And it's intentional because he's 100% alan wake terrible and some reviews don't like the writing and they're like going in i'm not gonna call anybody out because but they say it's the hit dog thing i'm just like oh call him out i'm not Uh, i'm not i'm not but i'm just like oh alan wake coming out right in time for nano remo seems intentional yes oh a hundred percent a hundred percent yes also easily also, oh, Nanorima, for people who don't know, is National Novel Writing Month. You're supposed to try to write a novel or 50,000 words in 30 days. Yes. Also, their uh, treatment of um the of Saga Anderson is fascinating because they do not do the forespoken thing where they speak for Black Americanness at all. She is Black and Swedish. So they speak from the position of a Black Swedish person. And her and her daughter and their Blackness is rooted in black sweet so like the things that her daughter likes are like black swedish things finnish things like you know what i mean so it's like they're not even they're not even going they're not even beginning to even suggest they know what the black american experience (laughs) they're not even going to go there they don't know they won't bother so I, i wanted to know how was that uh how do they deal with the... Because is, is it two characters or multiple characters you get to play as? You play as Alan Wake and you play as Saga Anderson. Because I saw 15 minutes of gameplay, like, you know, preview. And I was like, I, where's Alan Wake? Uh, you can <laughs> play... So the thing is, there's a chunk after the first um, two or th- two hours of the game. Um, you can play as Alan Wake straight through the, the conclusion of the game. Or you can play as Saga Anderson straight through the conclusion of the game. Um... And you can skip bits if you want. So I believe you can go through the game as just Alan Wake and get to the end and come at, or you can bounce back and forth and make the game longer, or you can kind of push through to the end and just play as Alan Wake or just play as Saga Anderson. So like what I've been doing is every time there's a chapter end, I go and I switch characters back and forth. So, but you don't have to do that. So you can play as much as Alan Wake or as much as Saga Anderson as you can manage for at least four fifths of the game. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Alan Wake, Alan Wake is like there's a whole thing about him being in the dark place from Alan Wake, and then Saga's on the other side. So Saga's in Resident Evil Four, and Alan Wake is in Silent Hill, and they have to they're trying to sort each other out. So, so yeah, it's actually um, it's a very interesting system. It's a it, so. And it's a, are there a lot of control references in yes. Alan Wake too? Yes. Um. There is a lot of references to remedy things in Alan Wake. Like um, they go as far as to even figure out a way to get the Quantum Break references in there, even though Microsoft owns Quantum Break. So, 
yeah, Remedy did Quantum Break for Microsoft moons ago. Yeah. And um, they don't own it, so they can't mention it. So what they did was they have the um, the main character from Quantum Break appear as the sheriff of Bright Falls. And um, he gets plucked into the nether realm. And he's having a different thing where he's discovering that every time he dreams, he's a different version of himself in a different timeline, trying to piece it all together. And he's describing the events from Quantum Break on a chalkboard trying to figure out what's going on everywhere and like if you know if you know quantum break he's just like he's got the notes and he's like polyhedrons what and then he's <laughs> like and then like and then he's like who is the red-haired woman you know in all caps you know what i mean and it's like it's beth wilder you know <laughs> and you know if you're a fan if you know quantum break you're like yes and then just wrote like four things on a chalkboard and is the dude and he just keeps, and he's like, he's like understanding that he, you know. And if you remember Quantum Break, one of the questions was, if your character keeps manipulating time, what can go wrong? And then somebody explained that you might be making millions of versions of yourself by manipulating time to essentially dunk on everybody like Bayonetta. This is not free. <laughs> so it makes sense that he appears as the sheriff in Alan Wake as he might be a fixed point in time. There's always going to be the dude from Quantum Break now. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> because you know he stopped the end of time uh, but he kind of spent too much time in 360 dunking on everybody with time so again everything is referenced max Payne is referenced max Payne one is referenced max Payne two is referenced every single thing is referenced. but aren't they in the pacific northwest and max Payne takes place in like hoboken Ma and then like max all Payne. over the world max Payne takes place in new york right but alan wakes place wherever the fuck max Payne. Feels like I mean, he place. has. Damn I it. mean, I mean, Rockstar took him to Brazil and he shot up the entire country. But that's a whole aside. Um, uh, you don't tell Alan. You don't tell Max Payne what. I mean, really, no, Alan. I, my favorite, my favorite narrative beat. One of my favorite narrative beats of all time is somewhere in the middle of Max Payne three. The entire state, the entire, the entire um, country of Brazil is trying to get him out. Like it's no longer about him dealing with anyone at all. Everyone, the good guys, the bad guys, the government is trying to get him on a plane out of Brazil. That's it. They want him to leave. Like they don't care because they're not trying to. They're tr everyone's trying to get him to leave. There's one group of guys who are trying to kill him, but everybody wants him to leave. And they realize that they can't kill him, so they have to help him escape. Because if he's here, he'll just keep killing everyone. <laughs> so they need to get him out of here. So we can survive. We don't have enough people to keep getting shot by this gringo. We don't have enough people. And um, But that's Max Payne 3. That's Rockstar. Max Payne 1 so and 2 take place ridiculous. in New York in Alan Wake's fiction. I, Alan, what? Did, did I just, in my brain, decide that Max Payne was from New Jersey? So, I don't know. The, like the, he was from New Jersey? I could have sworn he was from He's Hoboken. probably from New it's, Jersey. It's, so the story takes place. Alan Wake takes place. So Alan Wake has a character named Alex Casey, who is effectively Max Payne. His story takes place in New York and is effectively Max Payne. So it's the story's telling and the setting of Max Payne um, is essentially a character written by Alan Wake. Alan Wake. So the Max Payne that we understand is actually written by Alan Wake. The shooting game is a totally different thing, but the character with the leather jacket and Sam Lake's squinting face is Alex Casey. And those are the books that made Alan Wake famous. In the beginning of Max Payne 3, when he gets sent out, is because he shoots the mayor. He shoots, like, the governor of New Jersey's son because he talks shit and gets shot by Max Payne. Predictably, they got to get him out of there. He winds up in Brazil doing private security, and then they got to get him out of there. Again, that's an aside. 
Max Payne 1 and 2 a remedy. He's also Alex Casey. He's written by Alan Wake. So he exists in Alan Wake's story as Max Payne. The same voice actor of Max Payne and Sam Lake's face is Max Payne dressed like Max Payne in I the story that. segments. Yes. Yes. I, yes. I feel like there's definitely like a delicate balance between like schlock and fan service. And this seems like well-executed fan service. It's like um, they are on... So it's a story where it is unsure. It's a story about um, the a lake that grants artists the ability to create in real time. And we keep... As you keep unfolding it, you keep wondering who made... Who has made what? Because... Um, so like in Control, it's insinuated that Alan Wake wrote the existence of the Federal Bureau of Control into existence to save himself um so the federal bureau of control exists in alan wake 2 it's unsure whether he wrote it when you meet tom zane who was the first person to wind up in the bottom of the lake and in the dark place he's a he's a, he's a director so it's then insinuated that alan wake the game you're playing is being filmed by thomas zane in the other place so he's willing that into existence by filming your adventure while you write your adventure while you both work together to get out of a dark place and so everything you've been encountering is him filming it you're writing it it's bending around you both of you are trying to leave you're drawing things towards you so you can kind of like get a hand through the through the glass ceiling and then they pull you up so that's like the story of alan awake 2 is our tours with the ability to create reality and it's now unclear how much reality they've been creating from the start. Because there's um, there is a dark force that is using Alan Wake and using Tom Zane to try and assume to free himself from the lake so that he can just have reality to live in, so on, so forth. They handle it really well. Um, yeah, it is. Um, this is the thing that Remedy is very good at. It is definitely. I'd be amazed if this was not my game of the year. This is definitely my favorite game right behind control i've ever played right behind control but it's a survival horror so that's high praise yeah i'm a remedy fan i'm a remedy nerd though like i like their stuff i like how they go about their business so yeah i really don't think they've had a bad game no they have not their worst game was quantum break that is how good the games yeah and quantum breaks like not a bad game like it's okay. Quantum Break like, was a good action game and had probably the most coherent time travel story a video game has ever had. Like a story about manipulating time uh, that a story that a game that, has ever had. <laughs> Ta- yeah. Time narratives get so fucky. Yeah, immediately, almost. <laughs> Looking at you, Loki. Oh, I haven't. I don't, don't. Don't talk about the new season. I'm waiting for the all the all the episodes to drop so I can watch it all at once. So. Nobody say anything. The, hmm? I was gonna say the way that I am like three years behind and what that like four years at this point behind and what that means. I'm just like, there's so much. It's fine. Eh. Um, Marvel, <laughs> Marvel is doing the thing. That's a weird thing where Marvel is kind of mimicking the way comics work because they have like the event comic where everything comes together for a few for a few months. And then there's like the scramble to get the stories apart build the momentum and get them back together and that takes a few years of just like scrambling and that's kind of what marvel the movie marvel the mcu is doing where it's just kind of like piecing it p- pulling everything apart yeah. and pushing it back together and it's like this and weird it's very weird to see people who do not consume comics yes freak out about it. Out! 
And I'm like, is the MCU like, not... But it doesn't feel the same. Like, it's not going it's to. It's not going to. They spent 10 years... The ended. Yes, they so spent... So now it's got to build to something else. They spent 10 like, years telling a story, my guy. They told it. We have to wait. <laughs> yeah. And then the one person they were centering the next story around, Chadwick Boseman, he passed away. So then there was a whole phase dedicated to making sure Black Panther 2 was right. So now they're starting over. And then when they started to go over, Jonathan Majors got into legal trouble. So now they have to stop. <laughs> but I and, feel like if there's a character that's easy to recast as King. Um, he's, I'm not going to lie to you. Jonathan Majors, is, he's, he's, he's good. Like I kinda, I kinda, I, I kinda, I'm I, not going to deny that, I, I like but Jonathan, you're telling me there's not somebody at Juilliard right now that can't do it? Like, I mean, I, I just, I like me so much. I like, I've, I've grown to, I've grown to appreciate John, Jonathan Majors. I kind of, I kind of want to see that what, I what is to. sorted out. I was totally into his whole soft boy, uh, Artur bullshit, but you know, if he's out here, uh, rocking bitches in the face i mean i'll do the next one i mean all signs all signs point towards that not being the case but we just have to wait so like i said i, I where he's been i i i understand so like i said just from everything that's been going on it's just, but like i said they were gonna they were gonna slide over to doom um which i feel like is a terrible idea but whatever i don't think Doctor Wait, what? i'm sorry what's a terrible idea sliding over to dr doom from kang there was a there was a they were eyeballing sliding over to doom quickly when jonathan major got in legal trouble and i i like i i get why you know obviously there's a lot of recognition for dr doom i am a lover of dr doom i love um, Doom. He's but a, he's actually a great villain he is but he is not king on the threat level He's just not like unless they're going to make some vast changes. I think they would have to spend so much energy um, building up Doom because Doom now in yeah. the comics is. But you would have to spend a long time establishing Doom and then yes. pushing up his ceiling. But so much evolution has happened between 90s doom which was pretty much bog standard doom for a very long time and what dr doom is now i feel like you'd be giving the character a little much a little disservice if you don't go through that journey with him right like he's an impactful villain because you have to know so much about him he definitely can be thanos level especially I mean, with the pathos and that they want but like you need time for that <laughs> So to tr think you could just sub him in, like at the end, I feel like don't well, do that. Well, they Please, were. Well, they don't were, do that. Well, we're do. both at the we're at the point now where um we were just like this isn't the point of Loki now to finally get the wheel get the, to start moving the treads on Kang. Like, isn't that the point of the season? Yeah. So, I also kind of feel like you know with the Jonathan Major stuff, they may just be looking to replace Jonathan Majors, but need time. Yeah. And like, I I think that's due like. I, as much as everybody goes, oh, you can't do that because he already played a character. I'm like, can you just I mean, give you Daniel can... Kaluuya another character and let him be gay? I mean, um, I think he'd it? be so good at it. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, he, he was already, his... but he was already like, he's like really forward facing. Um, you know who they have? I forgot the name of the. I forgot. I forgot the name of the actor. It's the African actor that played Martin Luther King. Yes, yeah. that guy I forgot. would be I, I, great. 
Right. So yeah. I'm like, I don't want to because like, Daniel. But actually, because the problem with um recasting like a Daniel Kalu is that Black Panther is like a movie on rotation in Black households. So for like Black people, yeah. he's fresh in our minds. He's but too I, fresh. I feel like I'm. I'm, I don't, I'm just I don't sad because his character is in jail, so he's not gonna. They're not gonna use him again. I know. I understand. And I want but, him but to we, be back. But he's fresh though. Because I just really enjoy no, him. No, she did, or he, he I mean, they could bring him back. I mean, th- first off, this is a comic book series. Yeah. They could bring him back. He could be new Kang, but there needs to be like some way of doing it. Unfortunately, it's like part way through. So, what about John Boyega? He's young, and I mean, I, I've and never seen him give a bad performance. No, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I mean, they Disney and him might have to have a talk because they did um, him dirty. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah but that I, was the Star Wars people. This is a completely different. <laughs> I mean, and I would not fault him if he just spit right in their faces. Yeah, I was about to say they really, yeah, they 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 took they took the entire they took the entire premise of um, Star Wars as as a black person looking at the new trilogy. I remember the first 30, 40 minutes. I was like, "Is this stormtrooper? Like, oh my god, this stormtrooper is a so real good. person. What an interesting story. What, what an interesting place to start the new trilogy. A stormtrooper who was tired of stormtrooping." And they did shit all with it. Every interesting thing, they were like, oh, you think this is going to go somewhere? No, because we had several committees uh, that said we need this as bland as possible. Yeah. So, so I just, that's, um, that's what you're going to get. I, uh, I, would, I would just love, there's so many actors that I think can knock King out of the park that like oh yeah no no we don't need to be married to jonathan majors at all we don't need to be we don't need to be married to many of the actors like the only like i think the only actors at this point who are married to their role um is like robert downey jr yeah he can't be anything else but he's also Also, i think he just wants to retire yeah i also don't think there's no more need for iron man anymore anyway so like the characters who were like their superheroes are no longer a thing except for like chris hemsworth yeah, and I think he's going to be the last one to go out because Lady Thor. Oh, they're working out on they're they're filming a Thor five, and apparently they're not they're not doing another zany one. They're not they're not retaining the service of Taika Waititi. They, they're, not, uh, they're not retaining his Which, services. Like I, so like I'm one of the people who did not hate the wacky Zor movie. No, not because, at all. Because like I know what I'm walking into for a Taika Waititi movie. Yeah. So I didn't get why people were mad at that he made a Taika Waititi. I feel like I feel like there is a certain disconnect with these Marvel movies where people are walking in and they don't know. Like, um, I remember with the Doctor Strange movie that I didn't like the second one. I think it's like we're gonna call it Marathon of Madness because I hate it so much. I don't like Sam Raimi. I think he's terrible. I think Sam Raimi is awful, 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 and always has been awful even since I was a kid. I don't understand it, but I knew he was going to then hand me trash, and he handed me pristine garbage. Like, as much as I, I, I was not, I didn't know if I just didn't like Doctor Strange, because I did, uh, I watched everything everywhere all at once, and then I went right into Doctor Ooh. Strange, too. Ooh. So can mm. you imagine mm. the emotional whiplash? <laughs> So I was like, I this I that mm. film did not have a chance with me. Um, 
No, it wasn't. I, it wasn't great. Listen, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I had only there. There were two reasons I wanted to watch that movie, and they're basically for references. Because uh, I wanted to see America. She was, Which and I was wanted not the character. No, that wasn't the character. She was. Ter- she was. A, she, you might as well have used a different character. She, and had, I wanted. I think there was supposed to be a Miles reference. Um, there I were, just wanted to see the references, and then I found out that I don't have to watch it for any reason other than to have a connection to the next Spider-Man movie. And I'm like, I'll just wiki it my, because, like, like, um, uh, what the fuck is that actor's name? The name, the the guy with the name that everybody can make a joke of and everybody remembers. Benedict what it is. Cumberbatch. Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch. Yes. I'm, I, like the if listen, y'all. Though this is the way that CFS brain fog works, and you just forget language. Couldn't even do the association to the name. <laughs> just did language did not exist. Um. <laughs> uh. So he's got like so. There's like some not great and kind of controversial stuff with like. Uh, on his like regarding like autism so like he said a lot of terrible things he said a lot of a lot of groups a lot of terrible things about a lot of terrible groups the last one that i recall was on like autistic folks because there was a lot of like ideas of when he was like doing sherlock that sherlock was autistic and so with the um well and this was from autistic folks too because like they saw a lot of the uh a lot of the coding and of course, Sherlock it was like was garbage. And then there was also the queer baiting with that show. And he said some like really kind of not kind of homophobic shit in that with that, too, as well. In response, <laughs> it, it wasn't great. He should never have said anything. Um, yeah. uh, and so, like, I can't. It's one of those things where, like, I have a problem where I'll once an actor says something terrible, every time I see them, I remember like like it just pops up in my mind, like the things that they said, because I just have that kind of memory, the association. Yeah. I'm like, well, you have a punchable face. Um <laughs> and then it yeah, was a and then it was not- a Sam and it was a Sam Raimi movie, and you know I like garbage, but that is not my th- kind of garbage. Like it's not entertaining garbage. It wasn't an entertaining. It wasn't entertaining garbage. No, um, Sam- and like it was a it was a very pretty movie. Yeah, I mean they had some great visuals. I loved uh, Zombie Strange. I loved the notes fight scene. There were some good things um, around just. A, a movie that feels like a half an hour of it got cut out. Well, and they did not bother to explain what was missing. Well, it also, it also like, I, I think he's a fine Doctor Strange, but they didn't get rid of the Orientalism problem with Doctor Strange. No. So it, it all just feel it feels bad. It feels bad, yeah. like watching um that white boy who can't fight on the netflix show like marvel's tv oh. series uh yes uh iron fist iron <laughs> fist thank you but like, i think felt like they messed kind of up bad. with the mcu with dr strange because that character he has a good like grounding if you know the story of him and his sister and how you know he just couldn't save her and like yes it's really great but then they were like oh we're gonna skip that and just make it that this there is no universe where this, this chick wants him, and that makes him big sad. And I'm just like, eh? 
it's it one just, of those things where because Benedict Cumberbatch is seems to be a little bit of a dick that it works. He's, he's a bit of a dick. He's a bit of a dick, and so is Stephen Strange, and they're like one to one in a way that I appreciate Doctor Strange and them. I, I appreciate the casting. It's accidentally really forward thinking in the worst way. So I don't mind Doctor Strange because I feel like Benedict Cumberbatch would also um he would hand wave anyone calling out the fact that he is the master of super Buddhism while being as English as possible with his American accent. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. You know, and he'd be like pish posh and then disappear. And so would Benedict come, yeah. he'd drive away in his Ferrari. Like both of those characters would pit, would hand wave it and then disappear. <laughs> so it it, it works yeah. because of I the just, context. <laughs> I feel like the previous phases post Thanos had major pacing issues. Like it was good that, you know, they gave us some more scholar witch uh, in the show. But then all that development in the show, they were like, oh, guess what? She's like a different character now. We gave you four minutes and the uh, screen went red. So now, you know, she's a baddie. And I was just like, that is total whiplash. Um, it is because Sam Raimi said that he admitted he wasn't he didn't follow the entire story up until this point. Like he actively said he's like he wasn't like he, they were like, did you research the rest of the MCU up until this point, the shows and stuff? And he was like, nah, because he's a dick. And he's terrible, but he just, at least I appreciate him for just being like, nah, I didn't, I just, I was just kind of, I was freestyling it. How'd I do? <laughs> I was yeah. off, off, off the dome. <laughs> I so. feel like, you know, he, he gave us as much Sam Raimi touches as you could get. He absolutely did. Ab- like he can't be midnight meat train Sam Raimi, no, which is, I think Sam Raimi at his best. Um, like I want it dark. I want it weird. Give me Evil Dead. Like that. That is what I want out of a Sam Raimi. Uh, yeah. Not that I I didn't appreciate the Sam Raimi Spider Mans. They for they, they weren't what good. they were they in their time good. serviceable. I'm a lo- I'm gonna tell you right now. I didn't like them in real time. We were just the only food we had. We just had cafeteria pizza, bro. I and I was eating it. Remember walking out of Spider Man Two thinking this. It, like oh superhero movies can be good i remember thoroughly enjoying that yes wait um, which, sorry spider-man which 2 spider-man 2 that was my favorite one no i'm trying to remember which one. Oh, uh <laughs> that is uh basically the one where mary jane just sucks the air out of every scene but <laughs> no 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 okay first off which peter Oh, Tobey uh, Maguire. Yeah, Tobey Maguire. Okay, Tobey Maguire, the second Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Okay, I have it placed. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we don't. It's funny because we really only talk about the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies because they haven't aged well, and the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies because we like Tom Holland. And I actually like Andrew Garfield, but he's right in the middle, so no one ever brings him up. So we're only ever talking I about think Tobey Andrew Maguire. Andrew Garfield was a great Spider-Man in terrible movies. Yeah. Yes. No, I, it's so funny because like I was like watching and I was like, oh, I actually really like this Spider-Man. Yes. Like I remember like I like the Amazing Spider-Man movies because. Of Garfield, like specifically yeah. because I of love his- Andrew Garfield in that role, but the movie that he's in, it's kind of how I feel about Jonah Hex. We got a great Jonah Hex in a terrible Jonah Hex movie. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Andrew Garfield was the best New Yorker out of all the Peter Parkers because Toby McGuire was not anybody. He was a white actor on set. 
and Tom Holland is so earnest, but he's not from New York. He's just Tom Holland, and we love his cute face and uh, pinch his cheeks, but he's not from New York. Peter Parker is not from New York. I, I, Tom Holland looks like a kid who moved to New York. Right. Like, a kid who moved to right. New York if he uses and is it, navigating New York. If he, and that's fine, if Tom, actually. If, like, it's fine. If Tom Holland used his English accent as Peter Parker, no one would say anything. Like if he was just English Peter Parker living in New York and it was just it's Peter and it was just then it was just we we wouldn't mind it. But he's about he's 10 al- feet away from it. He's also delightful yeah. and a good actor. He and is. It's fine. We love him. And the, yeah. Also, it still cracks me up the fact that he can't keep his mouth shut. And so they keep like all like he has to act without knowing what he's acting. Yeah. And one, that's going to be great on his resume as he grows up. And like. <laughs> As he grows up, that man is like 26 years old. Yeah, no, he's a I'm a doll. I think you need to understand I am 37. <laughs> I know, but like we met him. he is also an adult. We met him, we met him like at 20, and then time he's, like the pen. I'm sure he grew I'm sure he got older. He looks the same. Uh, <laughs> when he hits 30, his face will change, and I'll acknowledge he's an adult. Like I don't I don't make the rules. I mean, it's true. At 40, I consider <laughs> I, I I don't know what this biological thing that like changes the way my vision works, but like it's just I'm like I'm like you're a child. I think you have the right idea. Like I don't consider like I consider like the age of babies has gone up to like 32 now for me. Like it's like it's like it's like where oh my god, I just want you to do really well and save some money and eat three meals a day. And this is like I'm talking like a 27 year old human being. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like. I don't know. I guess, like I said, it's one of the things our elder says is that your idea of what is old and what is young will change. And we were like, pish posh, gramps. And then we kicked them down I'm the stairs. A, I'm old now. <laughs> right. And um, then it, you it go, is and so then hard for me. From now you're looking. I, uh, we talked about this is like four episodes where we talked about this, but like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I right now have an 18 year old in my house and she'll say like, oh my God, that's for old people and for me old people like you mean like a 70 year old eight-year-old, old and she's like no you you right now. <laughs> you you are the old people and i'm like ah yes because you are a fetus to me this makes sense right. i'm getting it i'm getting right. it you don't you don't you don't know things um i was talking to, I, said, I said i was sitting there playing a game destiny i was playing with some of my younger clanmates and i said oh i said my life's like oh i think i'm going to get this robocop game on sale for black friday and then the first response is what's robocop and i said and i stopped for a second i said before i said anything i wasn't gonna make a joke because i was like i was thinking i was like is there any reference point for him and he's like 22 and i said what year were you born he said 2000 i was like wasn't there there a robocop remake the remake wouldn't have worked if you didn't know what robocop is but like the remake True. had no cultural significance. Right. They don't remember it. Right. So True. it's like it was a True. remake. True. Right. You're correct. The, it was for us because we have yeah. nostalgia problems. And Gen X has more nostalgia problems. Than there is no such do. thing. That is a myth. There's no such thing as a nostalgia problem. Uh, the generation, the elders, two generations above us had what they joyed, enjoyed physically destroyed shipped out of stores buried and set on fire that shit fucking sucks you better fucking keep giving me what i like i like it to fucking exist i don't want to deal with that shit my fucking grandparents had their records and shit just moved out of stores couldn't find it cassettes moved destroyed that sucks we don't have these problems keep giving it back to me restoration whatever i don't care i don't believe in it i don't want that our grandparents are fucked up because of that shit 
That's why they look at new shit like that because the things they like got set on fire in front of their face and replaced with shit they don't know for people they don't like. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I First don't. Off, I was being facetious. <laughs> I mean, it's still it's still. It true, sounds though. like somebody got a little a little sensitive when I said Gen I, X has them. I listen. I see it so much. I saw, I saw um, one of the reviews on YouTube said an honest review about RoboCop without nostalgia. What the fuck is RoboCop without nostalgia? What is it? What the fuck? If you do not know what RoboCop is, it has no value. The value is the nostalgia. Just don't play it. If you don't know what RoboCop is and you're looking at these reviews, you. Don't play it. You don't I kind of feel like what would what would be the point? Like because it's satirizing a world that 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 doesn't exist that nobody can go back to, thank God. And it, it it's talking about a climate of a world that they, they would have never known. They have they, no reference point for anything. Right. None of the jokes will make any sense. None of the references are going to make any sense. Right. Just, well, just you do skip know, it. I'm like, so you that I'm I apologize right now to everybody who's like late 20s and up. Fuck them. What I'm about to say. Fuck them. <laughs> They're always the kids who are like the historians and like really into like time periods that are not their own. Yes. And uh, they actively will watch the shows of our youth and be like, look at this cool thing I found. It's so much better than TV today. And those folks exist. And I can tell you right now that they get all of the jokes and everybody's looking at them going, how the fuck do you know that? I love those. Av- I call those avatars of history those kids <laughs> or, of history where they just all of a sudden like the kid who one kid who knows what the fuck terminator is you know what i mean not from like the last terrible movies but like terminator one and two and i'm like but why there's a short order cook at this place i get my breakfast sandwiches he's like 25 talking to me about terminator two and i'm like what and this is why you spend your time avatar of fucking history <laughs> wait when napster and limewire were a thing before the music industry started screaming um <laughs> my parents were like I, I started i got really into 1960s music and like protest music right. and so like my parents didn't know about napster or limewire at that point they didn't know how i got a hold of this <laughs> and i was like listening to like also motown like i was oh and also 80s synth pop like real in eighth grade like i was like heavily into all of this my mom i got me- into that but it wasn't after like i just would cut class and be in the library and they had like all the cassettes and tapes and you could just listen to them for free listen i went to a uh white public school that did not have that kind of a library and there was absolutely no motown in there uh, in, I in also can uh, in listen to drowning pool at my. I'm also I was also in Arizona, so I need you to understand. Um, my mom looks at me and goes, "How the fuck do you know about this music?" As I'm talking about, like, oh, I really like Cindy Lauper right now. How do you know who Cindy Lauper? 
<laughs> this is before, and this is the thing. This is why I particularly. And we didn't have cable either, so like it's not like I saw MTV or anything. I had the old my re- entire reference was like 1998 internet. Um, that's one of my favorite things about the modern media age is that um, information art is compressed now across multiple generations. So now everyone kind of has access to everything, so we don't have to suffer the issues that um, some of our elders did. What we like not only exists comfortably in perpetuity, but also gets reintroduced to us every few years. So we I just do, don't I, have these. We just don't have those issues, and God bless it. I do know that a lot of people get really upset when they're like, when like the youth are like, "I like, I really like classic rock. Let's put on the classic rock station," and it's like some forty-one, and yeah. uh. I, for one, actually appreciate it because when I was youth and I attacked my parents with that, um, uh, I, you know, I, I feel I feel pretty good being at the age that my parents were when they got physically attacked by this. Right. I'm actually I, okay with it. I don't find it. that like a physical attack because like... Uh, I, I what, think the, the physical attack is that you're being reminded of your age and your mortality. And like, I mean, I'm... I maybe because I was an emo kid, I'm like that was me at 13. <laughs> I was very aware of death. Uh, so now that I go into like Walmart and they're playing all my jams, I'm just like, this is just convenient. I get to rock out to Paramore. <laughs> like, I pick out Whoa. all my discounted ointments. Listen, Paramore is timeless. The teenagers, the babies love Paramore. Well, I kind of feel like so much music is timeless, and oh, we don't no, really I, appreciate I mean- it. Yes, music in theory is timeless. However, some groups didn't really age well. Yeah. Well, I mean, and uh, sometimes music, it's creepy when some of them, some of, we definitely creepy, but like some of them also just can't connect to new audiences. Cause like, take Weezer, for example. I feel like eighth graders I always will love hate Weezer. Weezer. I, 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 I worked at a college textbook store, so I listened to so much Weezer I, that I am I, now physically ill. I fucking hate Weezer. Thinking I about Weezer. Hated Weezer. But I, I also noticed Weezer. that consistently, <laughs> if you ask a random eighth grader from a white suburb what their favorite band is, I think you could from fucking their Weezer. inception to right now, they're a, one eighth grader I, in that class going to say Weezer's the favorite band. I don't have to ask. I can just look at what they're wearing. <laughs> yeah. Every fucking one of them has the square black plastic frames. Yeah. Every. They all kind of look like a serial killer. One of them. <laughs> How, and and the, it's either a green shirt or a striped shirt or some variation. It depends of on what form. their favorite album is. I can guess. I, I like it. It's that point. I fucking hate Weezer. I'm so tired of it. I got sorry. I got Weezer fatigue back when Weezer was like new. <laughs> yeah, but I kind of, as much as I'm not on like the Weezer train, and I like honestly, some of their newer music, I feel like they have to be fucking with us. I can't believe they have newer music, but yes, they, they so with much, us. so much of it. Like they never stop. River Cuomo is he just he just shats it up. <laughs> here here's some teenage eggs from this 50 year old man but uh like i feel like there there's some music that 
will always find its audience and it will always be like a new group of eighth graders who ha- are just now discovering how much they love music and those kids will find their Weezer or they will find, you know, I their old music that really gets them. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I just don't think that all all of those like groups are able to connect to younger audiences even like yeah though sometimes i gotta say it gets creepy when you as an older fan that's the same age as the band you go to a show and it's full of children sometimes i'm like "Hmm, i don't like the way this this feels like uh i didn't go to the last panic at the disco show for obvious reasons but the last show i went to i was like surrounded by like youthful taylor swift fans and then uh the guy he's like floating on a piano and he's like hey play fortnite with me and i'm like no do you not see how the the volume of children here you play fortnite with adults you weirdo like it the vibes are very off there there needs to be for those there needs to be like a sophisticated adult section of the venue for at least 25 20 people who are of a certain age to sit cross-legged at tables away from the kids so they can enjoy the music i didn't even mind being amongst the kids even though i did feel like i was like hired to be a babysitter because they were jumping all around and jumping on the chairs and i was like (laughs) why is there not a a more adultier adult to stop this foolishness and i had to do it and i was very mad but like i just (laughs) i thought it was weird that he's trying to like give a, a room full of screaming children a way to contact him like don't add him (laughs) on xbox like you don't know that man that's an adult man that's creepy i was sitting next to like a 12 year old (laughs) i just the vibes were consistently off in that moment and that is when i was like "Mm, maybe this isn't for me anymore and i'm okay (laughs) i'm just gonna go to my older indie bands i am only going to bar venues i want to sit though Oh, no, we've got bar venues that have seating. Yeah, you can sit. You just got to get there a little early. You can't get there late. You either have to get there a little early, but also there's like, so like there's one here that like it is, it is a 21 and up, but they have a seating section, like a full seat. Like it's not like an 80. It's like all because it's meant for shows. Uh-huh. So it's got a full seating area. And then there's the bar. And then there's yeah. like. There's a venue that I really uh, love uh, where I am um, called the Fillmore in charlotte shout out to them uh and i just love them because for most shows you could get a vip package where you get a chair a very squishy comfy chair and it is so far away from everybody else what oh my god one of my favorite venues here is called the triple door and it is an adult venue and it's great because like there's there's a food there's 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 two stages because one of them is more for like an open like mic night sort of thing or like just like uh, more intimate shows. And then the other is like the theater part, but like you can have food and drinks and their triple door is a bar and lounge. It's a very fucking expensive, extremely classy bar and lounge. But that place is like, it's got one of the best sound systems. It's wonderfully ventilated. The food is great. The drinks are bomb and there's no children. Yeah. I mean, I never want to be one of those people that won't go to all ages shows. I I definitely think like there's a place for them. No, there is a place for them. 
I don't need to be there. Yes. <laughs> that I'm so with you with that because I kind of I also feel like at this point in my life, like I can't watch hurt. you struggle through your career. Like I went and saw this band that I really like, but like literally I have more Twitter followers than them. Like they are very like oh the best underground. No, but I when love I that. That, that's they, a they did band. a show at a record store, so like I had to stand yes. the whole times, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like if I was twenty, I would have loved it. Right now, I want to sit. <laughs> I am thankful for all the record stores that put out seats for people like me who have no back. Yeah, and I was like. I like I want to go home now. I'm tired. Uh, actually, <laughs> I've I'm just started going. I'm, I'm I'm starting. I'm starting to go up and just be like, "Do you have disabled seating?" And that that get that solves the problem real fast. Uh, I don't have like the placard or anything. So. I don't either. Oh, okay. Maybe we should do that. They find a chair. Yeah, it's not a thing anybody's going to argue with reasonably. Um, some of you might, but that's you'd have to be in the, the uh, some, wherever. Yeah, you'd have to be in the right venue yeah. full of dickheads for them to argue. <laughs> Because I remember so, when I, uh, when I saw My play, Chemical can, Romance, like you can be like a white person and complain. On it was like media. It was like stadium seating, and I didn't realize that meant like really steep. And while like I was pretty healed up, like I wasn't using any like assistance or anything, but I definitely was about to tumble down the thing. And the lady was like, "Oh, are you?" Then she tried to send me to like the the handicap or accessible seating and I was like oh no I have a like a regular ticket and she's like why didn't you just get accessible seating and I it had never dawned on me that I could have gotten accessible seating so I wouldn't have to try not to tumble down the stairs this is everybody this is your fucking reminder stuff first off stuff that internalized ableism and if uses a got if you've got a disabled body ask about accessibility seating I always assume that there's going to be somebody who needs more accessibility than I, so I shouldn't take that seat. Stop it. If you need it, ask for it. Grounded. You're grounded. Yeah. Because also, like, I would, well, when I got to see Fallout Boy, that was more of what I did to myself than what my body was doing. But, like, I stood out in, like, the burning heat because um, I'm an idiot and I bought I brought like one bottle of water because I didn't want to buy a bottle of water when I got inside because I was like that's how they get you it's going to be overpriced <laughs> so I stood yeah. in like the blazing sun for like three hours like I still have that tan and that was like in June <laughs> and uh, I, I, I didn't tan for five months so I realized like oh they're going to search my bag I could bring in the water but I also brought some alcoholic beverages so I downed those real quick. Ma'am. And then, I, and then I, I sat in the sun or stood in the sun for three hours online. Uh, also took an edible. So <laughs> by the time I got this to the stairs. Bad decisions. Yeah. I was so dehydrated. But I was like, but I drank and I should have things. But like I nearly fainted. Like I finally got in. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. And like a security guard had to like catch me because they were like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, don't kick me out. I want to see the show. <laughs> so they had to put me on like a little cart and they drove me to my seat because they were like, yeah, don't walk. And they just gave me water. And they're like, well, how many bottles of water did you drink? And I was like, oh, I didn't open my water yet. And they're like, you have water and you just didn't drink it. And I was like, well, because, you know, you can only bring in one <laughs> bottle of water. Please and chill. <laughs> I felt like the biggest ass. Uh, 
and then they kept on like checking on me during the show like hey don't die in our venue <laughs> i mean but i did get a ride to my seat and i felt very important <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna lie I'd, get, I'd keep sending people to you every 10 minutes if you're just not drinking water hanging out in the heat like if you're not, once i hear you're not drinking water then we have to be worried about you until you leave the venue <laughs> we have to well, because you. they had water stations but then if you left the line i didn't know if they were going to give me back my place in line because i was by myself oh i understand completely so i was a- like i didn't want to leave the line and they were like so you didn't leave the line you didn't drink water you, but you had a bottle of water you just elected not to drink it i was like because i didn't want to waste the water yeah no and you like can't said- waste the water to do <laughs> Well, now I know. At that, point, at that point, you were drunk and had an edible and were not capable of making sound decisions. No. <laughs> not at all. Would not recommend. Don't, so everybody who's listening, do not do what Najela did. No, don't this is, stand this is, for three hours. After. Children who are listening to the show, do not do what Najela did. Especially not for Fallout Boy. Like, never and never for Fallout Boy. <laughs> um... We do actually have stories and stuff. We okay, like we definitely got to talk about the fall of destiny. Um, Wait, what? So what happened? So, oh. so um, Bungie, freshly acquired by Sony, um, uh, they had a series of layoffs that I believe is now up around two hundred now. Like it was at one hundred on the and, one day. And we're talking about a series of layoffs that's happened over the course of three days. Right. So out of nowhere, people are pulling into work on Monday and they're just like not having access to the building, not having access to their computers. They're logged out and everything, finding out that they're fired in some cases via Twitter, sometimes, um, you know, via email. Some people are getting called into mysterious meetings. Some people are getting, you know, so it's just like it's just like people are just coming into work and just it's just chaos. And, um, yeah, and it's like everyone. So it's, um, they're doing the thing that oh, the most terrifying form of layoffs where they're laying off tenured people. People have worked in Bungie for 10, 15, 20 years. People that have like worked on Halo and like Marathon and stuff are getting laid off. They're like, also just firing people who worked there for two years. Right. They're just firing everybody. Um, and, and people in different departments, they fired, um, I believe, um, one of their veteran attorneys um veteran engineers designers several several designers they're um vet, they, i forgot the name of the lady um the art designer she worked on everything from halo all the way up to destiny um she got fired uh, publishing uh, marketing and design well marketing i feel always gutted. they got marketing first i say that as somebody oh who used to oh no 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 marketing. they they got it everybody yeah. at the same time, but those three in particular, and like I don't mean I don't mean like like out outward design, I mean like the game design. Like they they gutted design, publishing, and marketing the hardest. Mm, they also fired several layers of community managers. Um, so like every like almost everybody front facing right got fired so like whoever you would speak to regarding Bungie um, got fired for a few uh, layers there um, yeah they fired wow. um, Michael Salvatore the um, composer for several 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 Bungie games for the past 15 years they also fired I think um, his name is Michael Seacrest who yes. was like his tag team partner and second in yes. command also. So the, they fired the music man and his homie. <laughs> like um, I, when I saw that, I went, what the, are you not making games anymore? Right. So uh, apparently the, um, apparently, oh, the CEO, I got to find the CEO's tweets. 
But um, apparently, um, Bungie was forty-five percent off of their um financial, their fiscal predictions for the year. And that's a management problem, right? And that's, that's not a that's not a people problem, right? That's a y'all problem, right? That's a number. That's that's a disparity that's so large that someone was fucking up on the top end and got that. That's a top end fired. fuck up, and you're firing the wrong people mm-hmm. because I like, that boggles my mind. There is okay, so. Uh, there's a special layer in hell for anybody who does firings before the holiday season. Go fuck yourself. Yes, this yeah. is all tax related. That's a reason why all of the layoffs happen at the end of fucking October. Like all the mass like mass layoffs happen like at two specific points of the year. And that's the summer fiscal year and then the winter fiscal year. Like every fucking time. None of these people are going to get jobs until February. Go fuck yourself. They also weren't able to um, cash out their Sony stocks. They were one day short. Every, oh, my God. Sony, yeah. so yeah. An extra level of hell and fucked up. And again, right before the holidays. Like, seriously, uh, go fuck yourself. They got, you just, like, fucked over so many people. Yeah, they got, one, they got one day of insurance because they were fired on the 30th, not the 31st. And they, um, all of them. Yeah, that were, had to be last time I got laid off. Right. Go on. Right at the end of the month. And then I got... I, I came was in a coma right afterwards. And uh, then I found out I didn't have insurance because my insurance had lapsed while I was in a coma. Because <laughs> I, uh, I didn't. Uh, silly me was in a coma and didn't file the paperwork ahead of hand. Right. Wild. Right. So uh, we're in a. Uh, uh, the, the, other, the other part of that is like none of the data at all supports layoffs. For as like a money saving thing, like not there, there is no data that like supports mass layoffs. No, like it, it, it's actually useless. Yeah, to, it, it is a useless tactic. Yes. So, like, what does that say for the future of Destiny Two? Um. So I believe the rumor is that the final shape has been pushed back for six months. Now there might be a six month dead spot. Now in terms of live service games, I this, mean they fired their QA team, so I don't know how who's going to be doing QA. Well, that's what I mean. That's what that's why there's the delay is because they're gonna because a Bungie's gonna need a few months to get right with themselves with the fans and then like actually organize and hire people to do these things and sort this out. Um, so Final Shape has been pushed back until June. It's supposed to come out in February. It got pushed back to June. That shit's gonna get pushed back longer. It's gonna come out broken. Um, they don't. I mean, they don't got people. They they don't have the they don't have um SP. They don't have the people, and um, it's not looking like they'll be Destiny past the Final Shape because this is usually what happens to live service games. Except it doesn't take ten years to do it. Like usually, what happens is at some point the corporation, the um corporations decide that um this isn't making enough money for us. And then they just stop giving it money, and that's it. And then it just bleeds out. But doesn't make sense because Sony is like literally giving them the money to get their shit together. Uh, Sony. And they just decided to cut it. Uh, I, I, there have been cuts all over Sony, and um, as we've talked about, we've talked about now Sony tactically is one to vacate plans they've had at the slightest turbulence at all. Right. So this is a discussion that we were having on the. This is a discussion we were having in the, the, the podcast Discord. We haven't had it on here. Um, Sony, notor- like Sony's business structure is specifically on single-player games. 
large triple A single player games. Yeah. Um, and as Aaron said, like they just they make these big plans and then they vacate them to go to the safe strategy, which is they should have just stayed with the safe strategy. Yeah. They said they were like, gonna they said they were gonna lean on live service games, which is why they um picked up and, Bungie to spearhead that. It's only been a, and it's, it's it hasn't been that long, and they've already and they've already stated that they're gonna scale back on live ser- their plant their live service plans. I mean, to be clear, live service games Which and, I did kind of call that. Well, live service games don't make any money unless they do, but you can't tell until you do it, so investing in them is not wise. But we could have told you well, that. But I think well, everybody I, expects their live service game to instantly be Fortnite, and that Fortnite wasn't instantly Fortnite. Right. Well, I think I think specifically they're trying to go for the Japanese and Asian lives. I mean, the Japanese and Chinese um, and Korean live service market, which is different. True. That is that is money over there. Yeah, and uh, Destiny like, is not it, how it, they. And and and. It was going to be bringing Destiny more over that way. Uh, it's funny because as a Destiny fan, I can comfortably tell you Destiny has never made any money for anyone. It's uh, literally the, the, never made the infinite first person shooter is expensive. It's the reason why there's only one. <laughs> and um, if they had a subscription service, uh, listen, Destiny players are also now this is a thing because it. I don't want to like. I almost want to space out some of the nuances of this conversation because the Destiny f- player base n- is constantly um, does it, it's constantly a, a, um, suspicious of Bungie for predatory um, pricing on things and outside Didn't of didn't they have like a loot box fiasco a couple years yeah back? when they first when when, e- when everybody bu- had a loot box fiasco sorry i have a thing with the loot box <laughs> i i have an active irritation with the loot box fiasco continue right uh <laughs> when destiny 2 first came out it had a loot box thing with pricing but they've right they've wrote they righted the ship several years ago and um it, it was righted within the first year right it was righted before i stopped playing right so um there is a level of distrust for Bungie that, and also a, a, a fundamental misunderstanding of what they're doing and how much money they're making and how much um, how I, much Destiny costs to upkeep, given so what it let, is. Let me rephrase. If Bungie had treated Destiny like the fucking MMO it was and yes. is and wasn't trying to fucking run away from what they fucking created wouldn't be having this issue not at all no yes yes the destiny players are concerned about predatory but a lot of that stuff was um it built up over the years until it got to the point they should have had the subscription model earlier once they were playing planning their content releases especially with how much content that they were planning to have out because but it's too expensive of a game to have upkeep otherwise and one of the ways that you make money off of subscription models is by lap subscriptions right yeah people who say subscribed because they want to play they just want to be able to play whenever or they just forget about it like destiny is actively a game where that would have worked right um like it's, it's part of the reason why ESO works is because you have like 
30 different expansions. But instead of paying for all of the expansions, you just pay a monthly subscription to have access to all of the content. It is um it is uh what is it is so one of the issues that have emerged is Bungie upper management isn't good. Bungie no. themselves make good games, but the upper management is awful. And one of the things now we're realizing is that they have failed to sufficiently monetize Destiny by just simply centering the only way they really could monetize Destiny, given how expensive it is. So, yeah. uh, I've also been saying this shit they, at this point. What are you saying, Nigel? Well, I mean, I think there were opportunities to monetize. Yes. In a way that wouldn't have felt like they're just trying to siphon money off of their most dedicated players. Yes, and that ship sailed. Yeah, the ship sailed. Yeah. That's the problem. I, I kind of feel like a lot of people saw what EA was able to pull off with The Sims and decided like, oh, we could do that too. But like, that's not going to work for most games. No. Well, Bungie's, Bungie specific, Bungie management was specifically running away from the MMO title. Like right. they created, they created an MMO RPG shooter like that it's literally what it is and they were like it's not an MMO it's a live service game and I'm like I don't know what to fucking tell you but yeah. I also feel like MMOs were kind of the first live services because they they're literally they're, live they're, service they're, games they, were, they, were. <laughs> they are live live service game like, like you, you don't get the whole uh, uh, infrastructure of a live service game without mmos <laughs> like that's make how we know sense, it works <laughs> like like make it make sense and i know uh i mean my my point of reference is always gonna be the sims but like what ea did was they made the base game free to play and then yes. you pay for ex expansions but there's also the the ea access program where you get everything but you pay monthly yes so you can do either or and I yes. feel like if you give players that, that choice, like I'm not going to pay for EA Access, never. Especially because I only play the one game. No. Elder but, Scrolls Online does it exactly that way. Yeah, and it works. It's a tried and true method because it, then we, you have, you have one-off people like me who's just going to buy the expansion if they want it. But then you also have that re reoccurring subscriptions and i don't see why that they overlook doing that with destiny because they didn't want to be an mmo in it jayla right yeah they were actively but avoiding like, the sims is an mmo right uh it's it was, not. It was it's, a it single, was, it's a single player game i'm so, not i'm not, I'm not telling you anything that makes like that makes sense i'm just telling you their reasoning which right. doesn't make sense so when it, destiny it absolutely so doesn't when destiny 2 first came out they were very much very much directly saying this is not an mmo like actually actively, live actively. in interviews, right? Like yeah. actively. It was a uh, talking point that this was not an MMO, and they tried to dumb it down. Um, but then you know they kind of like didn't have enough content for the player base. So as they started ramping up content and what you're doing for content, and started to mimic the moves of an MMO, they had the opportunity to um, also offer the pricing model and they didn't persistently trying to rely on microtransactions kind of riding on the knife's edge while also doing 70 dollar expansions right 
So they weren't yeah. they they weren't charging enough for the expansions themselves weren't expensive. They were not, and then they were relying on like microtransactions. I mean, Seventy dollar expansions are pretty pricey. Are they? I remember. Yeah. That. Seventy dollars. Yeah, so like, um, Elder so, Scrolls aren't their expansions fifty? Uh, and I know Mortal Kombat their expansions were fifty. So Final Fantasy's expansions are about sixty to seventy, but they come out every two years. So it's it's literally like two years of content. I always, and all and all previous expansions, once you get the current expansion, all previous expansions fall under that um yeah. new expansion. Okay, so, so if I you're can a, why they do that. So if you're a new player buying the game new, you just buy the 70 and you get everything. Yeah, that's what um okay. that's what that's where Bungie fucked up right there. That is where that is where this year that came to a head with a lightfall and um the fact is they would have you buy each individual expansion going back and they didn't they didn't lump them all up but also because they didn't have a subscription model they had to nickel and dime everybody as opposed to just being like get one yeah expansion. like like the way that they were trying to monetize the game was really bad like there's no way it was sustainable and like if you're trying to keep up with it as a player like it's so expensive right like so, it's actively too expensive a game you know what it play. is I don't I don't think it's predatory as much as dumb. And I think that that's where my brain settled was like, I understand what like I, I am aware of what predatory pricing is and what it looks like. Bungie was just doing it strangely. I think uh, it was predatory unintentionally. Right. They, they Yeah, they were doing it was like a fuckboy like response. <laughs> Even though you know this person is not a fuckboy, but their response, the length of time they took to call you back was fuckboy-esque, and someone else could definitely take offense to this. And that came to a head this year. There was about four months where everyone was like, the servers were inconsistent, and they still had this pricing model, and people were just like on the bungee. They were treating bungee like Amazon for about four months, which I thought was an exaggerated response to bungee. Um... But that, because they were riding kind of on the knife's edge of player retention and how as a as a method of keeping the game afloat, they were not yeah. able to. This is a big hit having four months of players who just like veteran players, the ones who spend the silver getting off of the game. Yeah. Um, and you can't really coast like like we made Halo and it's like, OK, but are you making money right now? Right. So it's like there is a there is this year was unfortunately probably because it is on the heels of the best expansion. So the Witch Queen is probably the best expansion since like King's Fall of of Destiny. Like it was the best Destiny was um, for a bit. And then they followed it up with filler anime and then the worst Destiny has been in terms of stability while then having the most convoluted pricing plan. Um, after the pandemic and everyone kind of lashing out at all this, out of all the, the the nickel and diming, and it was a perfect storm. I wouldn't say forty five percent off your fiscal predictions, um, raw a uh, uh, perfect storm, but still bad. And yeah. uh, a lot of a lot of um, management issues kind of came to a head, and a lot of those decisions got a lot of people fired in a very small window of time. And the worst bit is. Is if Sony's gonna make Bungie, if Sony's gonna pull a plug on Bungie, like they're threatening to do it. So now you're kind of in a space where if you don't like what Bungie's doing, because the thing about it is how they fired their employees actually leaves a sour taste in my mouth. I don't like it. Um, I don't like the CEO's response 
Um, hold on, let me see if I do. I have the. I don't have it anymore. Um, the CEO's response was tone deaf. I actually don't like how they treated it. But now, if I don't, if I speak with my wallet, Sony will be like, "Bet," and then just pull the plug on Destiny. Yeah, <laughs> so which is like years of time invested suddenly gone. Yes. So and it's like there's it, it, you're kind of in a you're kind of in a you're in a, you're yeah. between a rock and a hard place. And it's not like so like if Skyrim left t- tomorrow I I still have my like disc of everything and like I could still play it on so many things but if they pull the destiny servers tomorrow like you can't play destiny <laughs> like right it'll be all you, gone yeah. yes which you know that I mean that that is how live service games go like that's not something i mean that's something i'm very familiar with so like i don't have an issue to it i mean i used to play shadow run so like 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 i i get that that's fine to me i have no issue because like i said i know i know what i'm getting into i know what i bought like this is not maybe because i'm like a crotchety old person (laughs) i'm so uh afraid of getting into like a new game because i feel like unless it's a single player experience i don't want it to be like oh well this didn't sell the way we thought it was gonna sell so we're turning off the servers hope you had fun bye and it's like but i liked it and i, I still want to do it yeah no and i <laughs> because i've been playing mmos and like live service s games like it's or online only games since i was like 10 um i am not like not being able like not the idea of not being able to keep the game that you're playing is not like that's not foreign to me right like i always know that that and it's not can happen it's not new and it's not new so like like this i think i think it i think that it being um uh, I think it re- like more of these games reaching a wider audience, I think is probably the new part. But like this has been how it's been for forever. It's actually, you know, one of the it's actually one of the biggest um, uh, complaints isn't the right words, but discussion points from like game archivists because, you know, they they you we want to preserve that history right but like if the company just says it's all gone and then it it goes away and you don't have access to it anymore and then you're like you know you're trying to sue for the rights to like keep it from being in any place you can't archive it yeah so like again like this this is not it that part's not weird and it's fine but like at the same time, like you're charging people too much money. <laughs> like you can't, you can't be charging bitches money like that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just, I feel like I always assumed that Bungie was going to be a very safe bet, very stable studio. That I'm a little shocked that so after, like, so quick after being acquired, that they're being hit with this. 
Um, and especially so many of the veterans that they're letting go. So the thing about it is, is uh, they were having trouble anyway. So the other shoe was going to drop because of how they operated. They, like I said, they had um, the worst thing about it is like 45 is large is a large bet, but they did actually aggressively kind of stumble in a way that it, upper managers still to blame, but they set they the game itself kind of like because of how like I said there was no subscriptions or they were on the knife's edge. They created a situation where they did push away the people who spend the money after initially buying the um, DLC, and they created the conditions for this. Um, I'm even reading here that like it's in such a way that even it is in such stress issue that this would have happened even if Bungie was independent apparently because they've just kind of been hemorrhaging they've been hemorrhaging money and post lightfall is really bad so you know and now they've got to like I said they're gonna push back the final shape just to get it right uh, apparently that is like the consensus is they're going to now put all their effort into making final shape and they're just not going to rush it because lightfall was not great um it was very clearly filler anime so i think that they're going to leave was Final it just Shape. glitchy did they have to do a oh no packing? Story, uh story was bad and the content was light um huh. the new space was bad um story around it was great not great the weapon selection like i'll comfortably say that um the additions to destiny um in lightfall in terms of quality of life were great the expansion if you are a person that plays destiny for um content or context um it was very bad uh it was definitely the least fun i had had playing destiny and i've always been a big fan i've, I've kind of been very um open and i know for it. me like i never played destiny 2 because admittedly destiny 1 did not grab me i did not really get into the story because it was they weren't really emphasizing that the story the story I took know. so long to get going that i can see where someone had tried destiny and they're like what is this and then you're already gone before the story gets going so yeah, yeah that i've heard that from a lot of people so i kind of feel like they saved their ip once by actually investing in the story so it's a little sad to hear that they pushed out yeah bad story content because they they didn't get the lesson that that is what retained their players. It is um it is unfortunate because it was after it was on the heels of their best story content. So the Witch Queen was them at their best, and then they put out um filler at the end. So I think uh, they're going to give Final Shape the time it needs, but it takes a while. Like I said, there's a lot that happens. You got to get the staff has to get right with management. The yeah. staff has to reorganize itself. Then they got to get right with the players because this is the type of thing where morale was low and now morale's lower so you're not going to be so now you have to wait pretty much until the final shape to get people to start spending money again but then you have to rebuild the relationship but you know so it's like yeah. there's, there's a lot and of, it'll be harder because if people think this is the final update they might go is 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 it worth going back one last time i was reading that people were canceling their pre-orders of the final shape because of this like people who are not as in, like I'm invested in a ten year story. I've been here for a decade, so I'm here. They have my money. I don't care. Um, but um, I'm hearing folks who just canceled their. They were just not as invested. They were just like, "Fuck it." If this is the state of Bungie and this is the state of the game now, um, then it won't get any better. Then screw it. So we shall see. Um, there's more coming because there's more as a developing story. Like it's this more information kind of leaking out. Um. 
Yeah, we don't know. We 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 don't know everything, and we won't know everything for at least another week or two. Um, but is there anything else? Uh, anybody wanted to add anything else? I uh, the fucking Blizzard Microsoft acquisition. Microsoft ac- getting Activision went fucking through. Also, fuck y'all who argued with me. What were they arguing? With I mean, you about? I love you. Uh, what were they arguing with you about? You know. I, I don't. I don't the I don't, regular I don't, shit. I don't. I don't. I what? Just give me. Just give me one because I don't know what any. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, I don't know any real logical arguments against Microsoft acquiring Activision. Activision is one. Of I mean them. that 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 that's about it. Oh yeah, there, I, there weren't any. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it, was a, it was a it was a lot of people who were like arguing the not logical facts. At yes. Me. Yeah. I, I, the way the um corporate ecosystem works now is if you are a poorly run company another company will consume your body and um and uh that's it i don't understand outside of just being uh pissy towards microsoft i don't understand why this took a year activision is given all the ips under its umbrella is one of the worst run companies (laughs) i i genuinely think it was they were just trying to say fuck you to microsoft right but it was the wrong thing at the wrong time like this is this is specifically not the scenario. Yes, monopolies are bad. Yes, capitalism. Uh, this is the one situation where shit is supposed to work as intended. Right. Like this, this specific kind of acquisition was the intention. Yes, there was. A, there's no monopoly issue. Um, Activision isn't dominating anything. It, in fact holds a lot of ip um trapped in the basement chained to radiators um and has no intention of using them and when they do use them they use them in very half-hearted cash grab fashion um so yes in this instance just given the corporate i'm I'm like i'm like they should have had this argument with but when they were trying to buy bethesda right that would have been the correct one right bethesda's fine they make fine products that would have been the not activision is not the correct one right um yeah and i don't understand what sony i mean i I, sony makes questionable decisions i don't understand i'm not like business is not my thing i don't I don't understand somebody else who gets that better than me can probably explain what they're doing, but like, I don't get it. Uh, is Sony in terms of uh, what? Cause you know, Sony. Yes. Uh, well, Sony has their plan. They go about the, they go about their gaming business as they've always kind of going about it. And even though they try to branch out here and there, but um, that's just it. They don't try to. I mean, they they do say they're going to. They say they're going to. They do the phase one of branching out, and they go, uh, never mind. Yes, most things are in. Service. And then I'm like, you could have just not wasted everybody's time and money, uh, and your own time and money. So what are you doing? Sony is just not interested in the things that Sony is not interested in, and you just kind of have to know what those things are. <laughs> Yeah, but they don't like Sony only gets successful by accident. Huh? Um, uh, I feel like Sony, they're just doing whatever, and sometimes it's like, oh, that actually worked, and then they learn nothing. 
um there is a that's lot of, it, that is a lot of accidental is. cultural uh, they have a lot of accidental successes yes they were very intentional and then it's been it's been a problem since i think the playstation 4 of them just kind of failing kind of like i guess like bouncing all over the shop and sometimes things work and sometimes they don't while having a lot of cultural cachet yeah i mean i think it's even before that because look at how many you know beloved games they would not bring over from japan that probably would have sold super oh, well, well. They well they don't care I about that i don't understand the deal i really game, game restoration is not game restoration preservation mobility that's actively not their thing we had yeah that's just actively not there they don't care they yeah. it's just there are there Sony goes about their business. There are certain things they believe in and it shows and there are certain things they don't believe in. They don't believe in giving you um there's no they don't believe in this game pass shit. It's all half ass. Um they don't believe in this backwards compatibility shit. Um it's very hit or miss. They um don't necessarily believe in indie games and get them when you get them. <laughs> And uh, they don't believe necessarily in the live service game or online infrastructure, as you can, as evidenced by their yearly issue with hackers. And once a year, everyone gets yeah. access to everyone's credit card information. <laughs> I don't like. Do you, do you realize that like, like the govern the Japanese government was literally like, you you have to fix your security. <laughs> like actually, like that that was that's a thing that happened twice. Like they 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 are in trouble with the Japanese government. <laughs> actively exactly like i think like the last one that i remember because i i I was i thought it was funny they're like what are you trying to do for japan (laughs) what is your worth to japan (laughs) (laughs) that shit will never not be funny to me yeah so they're like we don't even know what you're doing anymore (laughs) what are you doing But yeah, uh, yeah. I actually, actually, I just like because there was a mate. Everybody on play- Sony, please change your passwords because there was a major breach like a couple months ago I that th- just got released the other day. Oh yeah, yeah. That was is that a couple days ago? It, did, did they get? Yeah, it was. was this, it was real recent. Oh yeah, I mean, because I I got the notification out of my email and I laughed for about an hour. You know what? Let me um, let me. Yeah, just, yeah, change your password. I mean, you might have caught wind of it. If you didn't, just change your password. And just change it once a year. Um, secure, also, and never use the same password for your PlayStation that you use for anything, especially banking. Yes, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, don't do that. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I saw that and I was laughing and I was like, are y'all going to be in trouble again? Yeah. So I'm waiting to see if they're going to be in trouble again because I'm very curious. Right. Because they're supposed to get their shit together and they have not gotten their shit together. And I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the drama. It's like watching a television show. Right. So we... Except the stakes are your identifiable data. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm already fucked, so I don't care. Yeah. But um, Microsoft will be exceptional capitalists. In their acquisition of um, uh, Activision and put Activision stuff on Game Pass so we can play it, yeah. which is very simple. That's all. It's not rocket science. Just take all mm. your crash. I just back. hope. Mm? I kind of hope that this means like 
certain people at Activision that let some pretty horrible things happen will be moved so, on and replaced. So publicly, they have said in corporate speak they're gutting leadership. Right. Yeah. That, um, that was publicly stated and there was really no other way of taking yeah. that. But I hope it actually happens. But, so that's what I'm actively hoping what happens. Um, also, Microsoft has gone uh, union neutral. So, like, they're not pro-unions. They're not anti-unions. So, the... Uh, but they're... Because, like, they're used to doing work in... Um, they're used to doing, you know, working with unions, like, in, in, in Europe. And literally every fucking where else in the world that they have places that because unions aren't... I mean, unions are a thing. Other places in the world and have bargaining power. Fuck you, U.S. Um, uh, they're they're now like they're now in a state where they're like, yes, we're we're just gonna work with unions. You can join a union, just like fill out the proper paperwork, and then we will work with you like we work with everybody else. So, um, that's good news for the unions that were um formed uh at Activision. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Like, there's a lot of stuff pending. I'm personally gonna be watching because I would like to play Overwatch. <laughs> I mean, well, didn't they force everybody into Overwatch too? I was about to say that's gonna be a lot of deconstructing. Um Right. Yeah, that would be a lot of deconstructing before they can make Overwatch 2 palatable again for everybody. Like, a lot. Well, so, the thing, like, I, I don't... I'm not looking for palatable because it's a mess. Right? Right. I'm just looking... Like, like, like it's going to take a very long time to fix the things that are wrong with that game specifically. Yeah, those things think, that are those things that are wrong with the game are not why I wasn't playing the game. Yeah, it's you don't feel good supporting Activision, and I think it's going to take a while before people do. Right, but I won't be giving Activision money. I will be giving Microsoft money, and that I don't mind. Now, is Microsoft great? Microsoft is not great, but Microsoft's not Activision. So that's true. That that's where this is one of those where like we will see. Because I'm a person who, like, like if you, when you're boycotting, you, at some point, you go back. Like, if changes are made, if, if changes, like, if, if, like, changes that you agree with are made, you start resupporting the product. You start resupporting. Because that shows, hey, you are doing things I like, and in turn, I'm giving you my money again. Yeah, like that's that, how they're that supposed is, to work. That is specifically how, the, and that is how I operate. It's also why boycotts don't really work anymore because people don't understand what a boycott is. Thank you, miseducation, <laughs> miseducation, and misinformation. Yeah, I think unless there is. Something actually no. Um, I'm going to save my uh, 
I'm going to save the um the entire because there's an entire spiel about how Konami doesn't like making video games, and because the pachinko and because COVID put a dent in pachinko <laughs> income in uh, Japan and like the arcade scene, that Konami's begrudgingly in couples therapy with us begrudgingly throwing out the garbage and begrudgingly taking the kids to school because it doesn't wait, get it's, gr- oh wait right the pachinko market went and down because of covid of covid right so now konami's back with silent hill games and... at the... weren't we talking about this yes before? we were talking about this That's we were why. waiting for the pachinko market to right and uh, so now Konami's back with they have multiple Silent Hill games, um, Metal Gear Solid collection, all types of uh, Konami stuff. Um, I is want dropping. them to just do a Revengeance like remaster. Yeah, don't don't ask Konami to do shit for you because they're not going to do it. Like I don't know if like, you understand. I, that's why I say I would. I want them to. I know Konami. Konami's <laughs> not. Konami doesn't do shit for nobody. But like I said, Konami is take the little bastard to school, and that's it. If it forgot, if he for if the little bastard forgot something, then fuck it. I'm going. I'm I'm going. I'm not. I'm not going home and back to school to drop anything off. Like every you know, listen. You guys want pizza? I give you a pizza with. I give you a cheese pizza with nothing on it. That's it. Don't ask me for pepperoni or any I, of that expensive shit. Like, Fuck you guys. I feel like Konami went from being synonymous with like prestige gaming experiences. They did. To kind of being like a, the CD card shark that you don't want to make eye contact with of the gaming yeah. industry. Yeah. Uh, they um they absolutely um are not trustworthy they um the metal gear solid my favorite bit is the uh the um metal gear solid collection is um metal gear solid 2 and 3 are just the same game from the original um blue point remasters from a decade ago of metal gear solid 2 and 3 just pushed up to 1080p um metal gear solid 1 is just an emulator it's just an emulator version of metal gear with the soft like soft texture filtering on um yeah that metal gear solid collection is just essentially other people's work control seed and controlled v for yeah. for um for 60 bucks like they just don't care about the people who care about their ips no they <laughs> like, don't no Me- metal no, gear had here a huge for the anniversary market. yeah and they did nothing no they were no they didn't even like tweet a hey guess what came out you know, twenty years ago, like they just no, they're not here. But they, I remember they put out Contra Rogue Corpse, that terrible game. Uh, they have what is uh, they have the Silent Hill game. They have the Silent Hill Ascension interactive, um, movie visual experience. They're um, it's just mostly just tr- macro transactions to get access to an episodic Silent Hill story that has nothing to do with anything. Um. But we couldn't keep PT. They they took that off. They took we that off. We couldn't even enjoy that. Um, Silent Hill 2's remake and is being made by Bloober Team, who is probably the worst developed. It was like they, they actively plagiarize, but they're also just the most creatively bereft, but I imagine extremely affordable um, development team to make your horror game. And it's just like they just, Konami for the most part is not too worried about it. They're just trying to make whatever money they can make now that they can't, that the pachinko machines aren't paying for, aren't paying them out. 
and they don't want to be here. And the enormity of their catalog, because like you said, they were the face of prestige gaming for about 15 years. And the enormity of their catalog being being um, served to you like cafeteria lunch yeah. <laughs> is just so jarring to see. Like I, I, I wouldn't even say like prison food. <laughs> like prison food. And it's strange because... Actively like trying to hurt you at this point right so it's like it's like even things like like the amount of energy capcom puts into um selling you old capcom stuff even if they're just trying to make money the amount of energy um that goes into the um reissuing of capcom classic capcom stuff is commendable they want you to um acknowledge history and then pay for it and it's all r d because if you keep paying for one thing, Capcom will keep producing old Capcom to give you for money. Yeah. And uh, Konami is just, they are, they are so not into it. They are so mean-spirited. It is just all, there you go. It's so much prison lunch mm -hmm. for things that of a value like Metal Gear Solid 1. Like, there's no other way to play Metal Gear Solid 1 without a PlayStation 1 or an emulator. So you would think bringing back Metal Gear Solid 1 20-odd years later would be massive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now it's just kind of like a... Kind of they like a, could pull a Resident Evil with the Metal Gear games and some of like the side games that aren't as um, popular and print money. Yes. Um, yes. But then they'd have to not They'd have to apologize to how they created the creator and get him back, and they'll never do that. So no. we're never getting at, and that they makes would me really sad. They would also need to care about anything other than pachinko machines. Right? They actively, they're not. They weren't here for games for years. I remember the first time I saw the Silent Hill light gun shooter, I knew something was up, and that was years ago. I knew we were. I knew something yeah. was going on. Is a Silent Hill light gun shooter. And I was they like, they are no longer in the actual games like like no. in the uh in the uh console PC gaming market. No, they are selling their shit out of their garage. <laughs> they they are they 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 got into that casino money and they are extremely happy there. Yeah, and they are here because a tragedy has befallen their money. <laughs> and it's fucking hilarious. Like, I mean, it sucks for us. But I'm not gonna lie, I didn't even know a Silent Hill. I had no idea there was a Silent Hill remake. Yeah. I saw I, no marketing for this. Well, so uh, so a funny thing about this is me, this is Tinfoil Hat Me. I when the last year they announced Silent Hill 2 remake. Bloober team isn't good. So there's nothing they can show about Silent Hill 2 that would get our attention because anything you see won't be good. I promise you, it won't be enjoyable. Um uh also, the remake of Dead Space and the remake of Resident Evil were so perfect um, that now I think they're just hiding their kid. Like they just put up, they just put a coat over the over Silent Hill remake, and now they're just ushering it into the building while the kid just they, they, like the Silent Hill remake. I could have sworn was supposed to be already out. It's supposed to come out in September, and no one has said anything. And I think it's directly off the strength of Dead Space and Resident Evil 4. Specifically Dead Space, which is doing what specifically... Like Resident Evil 4 was new. Dead Space is doing what Silent Hill is trying to do specifically. And it's absolutely nailed it. And I think it's applying pressure 
and um konami's out here konami's out here trying to usher silent hill into the building without any cameras catching it it seems like but again this is konami um like i said they have the phone game silent hill ascension i couldn't log on because it was janky i was looking online they have oh, emotes and they have emotes and stickers they have um rainbow it's trauma emotes um, apparently they had to, they had a Twitch chat going along the side of the, um, so everyone was kind of like, you would join a server and you would be looking at essentially like, um, like a telltale game in real time and you'd make decisions and you'd so on. And there was like a constant Twitch chat of you, of you playing the game with people. And apparently there were too many people making comments about ejaculate, um, in the side, <laughs> in the, for the game that came out this week, by the way, the game came out this week. Um, I, so, I, I'm sorry. Can you repeat all of that? There were too many in the Twitch style chat on the side of Silent Hill Ascension, the mobile game. Um, there was uh, too many comments about ejaculate, so they had to um, close the chat. Um, I imagine they'll reopen it with some proper proper censoring. But for a while, there was a lot of chatter and about ejaculate. Far too much moderators. Chatter. Uh, there is no way Konami is going to splurge for moderators for their game. There was it like they're AI. free? You moderation. can buy it. You can buy a robot. You, you heard. You heard what I said when I said buy. You, Sorry, you said, not buy. You can download. You can. You can add a free robot. Right, and I'm certain they're looking for the cheapest possible robot to just filter it, out the world. A word ejaculate. It's actually. You don't even have to. All you have to do is go into Twitch settings. Oh, it's and not. It's not on. Twitch. It's a. It's a. It's a like their own like side chat box thing. It like it it functions like Twitch. So in practice, it, it looks like Twitch, but it isn't Twitch. They should have just done it on Twitch. I mean, they that would have cost money. Again, you it know, doesn't cost to money. With Twitch. It would cost money to pay someone to do it. Like I feel like we got you're not thinking cheap scumbag. Like you really center yourself. Center yourself. Pay anything. Center yourself. Close your eyes and imagine you want to make all the money for nothing. Right, you don't pay anything. But you, time is a thing. Time is money. That's what the saying is. So that is essentially a currency. Just have an intern that you're not paying. Easy. Uh, again, that's a person that you have to hire. You're not channel your inner cheap scumbag all the way. Focus, focus making. Make marketing do it. Those are people you had to hire. I mean, they had to do it in this chat anyway, they, which means somebody was doing it. Someone did it. The one person that designed this UI has been laid off. The game is out. Anyway. That's it. Konami. They don't care. They I don't. Know, they don't. They they don't. Konami is. As you, as, you, as you Silent Hill. There you go. You want Silent Hill too? There you go. There's a little Silent Hill for you. There you go. It's just channel your inner cheap scumbag. That's all. For the record, um, Blue Points, Blue Point, um, Blue Point Games, a studio that did the remaster from Metal Gear Solid Two and Three, that had their work reused again for the, or probably not paid for that. They just simply took the work that they owned, and internally, probably via AI or something, upscaled the upscale the image and uh the engine like the the assets and then put it back out so again cheap scumbag maximum cheap scumbag 
we managed to get through our Konami doesn't care about you bit. I thought I was going to have to save it for the next episode, but we got all the way through. I, I wasn't going to say anything. Um, there is one thing I, I want to talk about, but I know if you guys have seen it or are familiar with it, but I, uh, between the last episode and this one, ventured out into meat space and actually paid money to see the Five Nights at Freddy's film. Ooh. I want to see that. I actually, I think I'm going to see that next Wednesday. Uh, should I save my thoughts until you've also seen it? Um, I mean, we can come back to it. We can talk about it because, like, I'm one of those people that don't like Five Nights at Freddy, but I got hooked into the lore specifically, so I actually don't like the game or any of the games. So I feel like I'm in a very similar space as you, as I've learned about Five Nights at Freddy through osmosis culturally. Because I tried to play the game and I do not have the attention span. Um, I, I, it, it feels very antithetical to the ADHD mind. Um, you mean to wait until something rips your face off? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it well, it also, did not uh, appeal to me. Also, I'm of the I'm of the mind to say that's not a designed game. Thank you. That's not like as a survival horror person that watched the definition of survival horror get thrown to the bottom of the ocean and then dredged back out by um, enthusiastic divers tw- 10 years later. That's not a designed game. The, so I don't that's not a that's not a game. Um, it's not a game. My experience playing Five Rises Freddy's is uh, it's a weird time management sim where then you get screamed at randomly. <laughs> Yeah, I already have a job, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I did not find it enjoyable. No, um, it's not. It's, it's, no. uh, my most enjoyable interaction with the Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, anything, has been having a seven-year-old try to explain the lore to me. Yeah. I love that. That's <laughs> hilarious. Uh and I, I'm going to say I wish the film was as entertaining as having a seven-year-old talk to you about Five Nights at Freddy's. Listen, listen, I'm here for it. I, I, I went down some YouTube rabbit holes and uh, the, the lore is like, I'm like, oh, this is really rich, dark lore. Very unhinged, dark lore. I appreciate yeah. it. So um, if you appreciate that, I think you might be a little bit disappointed. Um, to say it nerfed everything would be an understatement uh and i think they kind of knew that wait so if there's um, if there's no lore if but if there's no lore center then there's no so it's a it's in a different continuity than the games and the novels it's its own thing (gasps) oh fucking christ yeah i'm Um, going i'm still in and you can i'm in (laughs) I'm in. I don't care. I'm I could. In. I feel like they kind of knew that maybe they were going to lose some of their audience because they just have like YouTuber cameos. I won't spoil them, but they're in there. Um, and there was a bigger audience reaction to a YouTuber showing up on screen than any moment on film <laughs> mm. uh, that actually had to pertain to the story. So take take that as as you will that that's my spoiler so, free so in a in a movie in, in, so in a so in a in a movie about a game series with uh, literally almost a decade worth of lore uh, across several novels comics games the um, avid um fnaf enjoyer that i i took to see the movie 
um, fell asleep. Oh, that sucks, and bro. Eventually, we we were just, yeah, it yeah. Oh, that sucks, bro. I would actually say that the knockoff FNAF movies were better than this one, and I include the one with Nicolas Cage being completely unhinged in a dirty a, oh, Chuck that e. was Cheese. A, oh, that was a classic film, but yes. All right. Um. Well, I'm still in, and we're gonna talk about it at length. Uh, I guess next week. Um. Yeah. I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts because, I mean, I'll I'll save uh, some of my things I'm saying until you see it because you won't get what I'm getting at. Uh, but it it was an interesting uh experiment, and I also think because it apparently has made all the money, we are going to see so many terrible niche genre video game adaptions and they will probably not be great <laughs> i mean i guess they can i mean they can do it in other stuff it's just i i i thought that because like fnaf has uh such rusted on lore that all you really have to do is pick any chunk of it and tell the story of it like you don't have to tell all the lore all at the same time you but think? you can tell one story all the way through to the end and run credits and then just leave us with the possibility that you will tell other stories from this massive, massive barge of lore. Um, but apparently not. But I'm still in. So yep. like, I, I'm interested to see what you think. Um, because I, for me, you know, I only played the first one and once. And then everything else has been because I wake up in the middle of the night and there's a FNAF lore video on YouTube <laughs> that has auto-played. <laughs> or because a seven-year-old was telling me about how much she wants to marry golden rock star Freddy. That's fucking precious. Right. Yeah. That is, um, that's, that's, um... That's a shame. They disappointed the seven-year-old who wants to marry Golden Rock star Freddie. Like that. Yeah, I enjoy listening to her explain her her fan art to me way uh, more than sitting through this film. Well, I'm still in, and uh, now you're on next week. So there you go. Congratulations. <laughs> Woo! Uh, job security. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so uh yeah and with that um we will have to shut it down because we are at like several hours and i need to go get some um i, get, need to get I some have money. won the length in podcast episode or oh yeah no we go we go until we stop now i, I have won yeah that one i don't i don't fight that one anymore when we first started podcasting i was like you guys should keep the shows to like a tight hour and uh bacon was like let's not do that and we were kind of having like a quiet it was a cold war over, it, over it was a cold war that lasted yeah. several years right and the opposite of me who got a very expensive keyboard so i could have a timer that would show me yeah. when i needed to shut up Right. Yeah, no, no. no, no. It, it, it's been a cold war between me and Aaron over volume and podcast episode length. Yeah, and I didn't and I didn't um I didn't concede as much as I pulled my troops out overnight. Like there was just no one in the cities we were occupying overnight. Like there were just like no one there. 
and, uh, <laughs> and uh, no one is no, not on the news. It was a quiet concession that I noticed. Yeah. There was no no and, no official word from my officials or anything like that. We were just no longer occupying the territory. <laughs> Silently slept <laughs> over there. my smug ass over here. Right. There's no com no comment. Then they asked him. It was like I don't even know what you're talking. We don't even. T- there was never a cold war. Our troops were never in that <laughs> city. I don't know what you're talking about. Next question, please. Thank you. We have always been amiable. We have always been amicable to the idea of the two-hour, fifteen-minute-long podcast. Always here. Always. 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 So, with Bye, that. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you next week. Closing the laptop. Goodbye. <laughs>